Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Putting yourself out there as practitioners who are growing and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Mbalia. I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) This is amazing. This is so fun. Hello, welcome back everyone to another episode of It's Personal. We're on season two. And today I have a guest who graciously came on to my last season as well. I'm super excited to catch up with her. Um, She is such a magnificent, beautiful soul. Um, I got to meet her last year for the first time at NCTE. Um, Just an amazing person and an amazing author, of course. Um, Could you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, (laughs) You're right here in Adani, and um, I'm the author of few children's books, books for young readers, including um, The Night Diary and uh, another middle grade novel called The Whole Story of Half a Girl and a chapter book series called BBG Green. And then hopefully a book coming out in a year. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) The publishing schedule won't uh, change too much, but you never know. Um, So yeah, that's me. Um, That's my work life. And then, you know, my personal life is another bio, but we can, we can break that down. You know, and I think the cool part is that in our last, the last time we talked, um, we talked a lot about the stuff, um, your past and what it looked like when you were younger. Um, So that is, if you are interested, I think that is definitely a podcast that you could go back and listen to. um, Because I remember some of those stories that you mentioned, um, which are really powerful. Today, I'm here to catch up. Like I just, again, I was telling you earlier, like I just enjoy talking to you in general. So this is an excuse just to see you. Um, just to catch up and see how things are going. Um, What have you been up to since the last time we chatted? I know you've won um, a few awards. Don't mind talking about that. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, It's nice to talk about happy things right now Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of everything that's happening. But um, so The Night Diary won several really... um, amazing awards including the Newberry honor in 2019 um and last year was such a whirlwind year um with just going to you know different kind of celebrations and things um the thought of being in this like huge space with all these people celebrating something is feels a little unimaginable right now Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it was it was an incredibly moving year, and you know, on one hand, you know, it, it's like feels like this incredible validation of your work, like wow, I wrote something that people care about and people want to read and people are excited about. People are giving awards to it, um, 
And then of course there's, you know, the feeling like, do I even deserve this? There are so many great books out there and great writers. Mm -hmm. And like, how did this happen to this book and why, you know, and, um, it's just kind of a mix of that. And then when you're starting to write something new, you kind of have to block it all out. The, the good feelings and the doubtful feelings and just focus on the work and you mm -hmm. kind of start from the very beginning mm -hmm. and it's another mountain to climb and it's hard and confusing and, and kind of takes all of you. So, so since then I've been working on a new project and kind of just dealing with all the sort of writing issues all over again it never mm -hmm. really gets easier um in that way so but That's yeah so it's it's, it's I, am now. I can only imagine because i again like you said you go through this whirlwind where you completed something that you're so proud of and then it gets critiqued and regardless of whether you win awards or not you for i, I feel like most authors are just happy that they're finished and it's out there to the world um, and then it feels like, and it may look like that there's this, a pressure involved with the next one where you have an audience and people are eager and they want more and they're curious. And then I can see where the mindset plays a lot of games with you in regards to how that process may look. Um, and that's, that's a really good segue into one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, how do you balance those I don't want to call those external, but how do you balance that like author life, um, writing life with like family commitments? Because um, an author like you who's consistently producing things, um, I'm sure it, it's hard. It is really hard. And, you know, a lot of um, female writer friends, you know, there's there's a feeling of, well, should we sort of talk about this? If, you know, why aren't more male authors asked that question or are they? Personal. 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 so often that um, women who are parents in usually heterosexual relationships, but that's mm -hmm. more my demographic of just, I have more friends who are in heterosexual relationships and homosexual relationships. So, but I, I have, you know, many friends with different experiences, but I find it more common in that way where the woman tends to be, if both partners are working, the woman tends to be juggling and they have kids, tends to be juggling a little more. Um, and so that's something that, you know, people talk about a lot and I talk about with my female friends a lot um, mm -hmm. of why that is. Um, and we don't have to unpack all the reasons of possibly why that is, but um, the juggling, juggling is really, really hard just as a mother separate mm -hmm. from everything else. And I think this mm -hmm. is true for any mother in any kind of relationship. 
when you have kids and you have work that you're really passionate about, then you have these two elements in your life that you're really passionate about. Like you're just mm -hmm. so, you want to be so devoted to both things. And of course my kids mean more to me than any book I'll ever write. But at the same time, my work is really important and makes me a better kind of person all around, a better parent, that I'm more sort of satisfied and fulfilled as a person. So literally that balancing act, I think happens just on a daily basis. It's something to kind of figure out every day. I mean, of course there's routines, and in, in the normal world, you know, my kids go to school and <laughs> they go out of the house to school. <laughs> what a concept. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, my husband works from home at times and we both kind of tag team. We have maybe, you know, it's not the most, I don't have the most traditional setup in the sense that we both kind of work outside the house and inside the house and we are able to tag team. But I'm still mom and... Um, Often I'm just like, feel like I'm never like where I'm supposed to be. Sometimes I'm with the kids and I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing work and I'm doing work and I feel guilty. I'm not with the kids and mm -hmm. I don't think that'll ever go away for a while until they mm -hmm. get older. So yeah. yeah, it's a lot of balance. Wow. I love that you mentioned how you and some of your other female authors have had this conversation already. So I, I think that's a great point. Our other male authors um, having these same conversations or being asked the same questions. I think that's a, I, I would love to have that, this same conversation with a male author to see what their perspective is, because I totally agree yeah. with you 100%. There's often, I, I, I don't even want to say often, there always is a huge expectation on um, the mom or the mother to being so present, doing so much all the time those pressures come from everyone, whether it's um, a friend or the outside world or social media or whatever the case may be. But I totally agree with you 100%. The other question, I guess, to kind of lead into that as well is like, what, what part of being not just a mother, but being like a family do you enjoy the most? Well, I, um, I think I have really enjoyed, you know, I, I loved when my kids were really young. I mean, they were just so beautiful and adorable and but it was such a 24 7 24 hour you know seven days a week experience um and it was you know a little one-sided because they're you know they before they could talk and just with babies um it was just very much taking care of these beings mm -hmm. and I really I remember when both my kids started to talk and then started to have like I could see more of their own ideas and who they were as people and the more they became people I think I kind of hit my stride more as a parent because mm. I felt like we could kind of go back and forth they could be a little more independent but then we could come together and be like what did you kind of figure out about the world today you know we can mm -hmm. have those kinds of conversations and that only increases now I have teenagers I have a 14 year old and 16 year old and one of my favorite parts is just kind of relating to them as these two people just navigating the world together and um you know and i'm kind of in my role to help guide them but often they're teaching me all kinds of things mm -hmm. and so i really love sort of 
you know, just part of our family culture is really trying to be observant and reflective and questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with you. Like I, I teach third grade, but I used to teach second grade and I saw a huge difference in just the curiosity level, the interest level, the ability to critically think about things. All those things in third grade, I felt kind of like skyrocketed. And then when I go to my wife's class, um, where she now teaches eighth grade and she has like an honors class, it's just like mind boggling what some of these, all of these kids are able to come up with in regards to content or ideas. And it's just really cool to be able to talk to them about real life situations. I find, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, would you say that when they are, I don't know what the age level would be, but maybe like infant, is that like the hardest time to be a parent? Yeah, well, it's both things you know there's that saying you know little kids little problems big kids big problems sure um i don't know if you've heard that but um and i always thought when i had little kids like what does that mean this all seems so big and hard and i'm not sleeping and it's just so consuming and i don't know mm-hmm. when i'll ever you know i i didn't i didn't really work for a few years i took some time off for like the first three or four years uh that i had young kids and then i started going back to work kind of slowly. So it was just like, I was so mom all the time. And and that was really hard. That was really hard because I didn't feel like I was accessing all of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I felt a little bit like I was just kind of at their service in that way, but wanted to be, but it it was harder. It was harder for me. Now we talk about really intense things, you know, we, they're 14 and 16. So the problems that they're having actually have much more, you know, um, serious, like mm-hmm. psychological stakes in that sense. Yeah. So if they're more having impact. trouble with friendship, social issues, um, just school and where it's going for them and how they're doing. And, and I very, my kids are so different from each other. Um, and one of my my kids has you know fairly significant learning differences and so they're just on such different paths and um and so yeah it's just sort of like who they're going to be in the world as adults those issues come up in a really big way Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i'm more in my that's i'm a better parent that way i'm a better parent sort of okay let's like talk and figure this out and I don't have these sort of set expectations of what I need my kids to be and partly that's because of me and partly that's because of them Mm -hmm. um so I'm in more of my comfort zone now and yet some of the problems are in a way bigger but I feel like I also (laughs) they're more independent so I can have more of myself too and then I'm better Mm -hmm. for them um where did that help where did where did that like where did you get, I guess, confidence or the help to grow? Was that something that came from a family member or a friend, your husband? Like, how did that happen? Because I'm sure there's times where you're like, like, don't know what to do. Or I, I, I don't like think you can give. Me- <laughs> uh, where did where did the confidence come from? What like helped you grow during those times? Yeah, well, confidence is kind of a wavy thing, so. There are times where I'm like, oh, I've got this and we figure that out. I'm such a great parent. And then other times I'm like, what is wrong with me? And, you know, I'm 
like destroying everybody. (laughs) I don't know. It's, um, but I always, I think, you know, my husband and I, we're, we've been together a long time and we, you know, we're husband and wife, but we're really good friends. And that is really a basis of who we are. And we are both, um, he's a screenwriter and a filmmaker. And, you know, we both talk a lot about like books and stories and things. So we have a lot of in common that way. So I think, you know, we talk a lot, we're close we're not perfect. We're close though. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think we both kind of created that culture with the kids, um, that we're, you know, we, we talk and we share, we're interested in what, you know, we we put kind of creative thinking and Mm. following, you know, your passions kind of, we really value that as kind of our base. Um, and my parents, my parents, I really am so lucky to have the parents I have because they were also just raised me as just kind of an open-minded thinker um, to question things around me. I think just my background and feeling different in my community also made me think like, well, why is this? And what does this mean? And, and I just, I was entering into questions about kind of race, religion, class, all of these things really young. It was just kind of a natural thing to me. And I think if you're always kind of opening up those questions and not afraid to talk about things and hear other Mm -hmm. ideas from very young, you're going to kind of bring that into your parenting. So I think that my parents, I definitely credit my parents for that. There was nothing like we couldn't talk about, you know? So Mm -hmm. are there traditions or anything that you've kind of Besides like that, is there traditions and things that you continue to to follow based on your parents or your husband's parents that you guys do now within um, your family? Well, we, traditions, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm not a very religious person, but I really hold to certain traditions and rituals. Like I really just believe in like family getting together. Um, and so if it's centered around religious holidays, like my, my husband is Jewish and my mother is Jewish. And so we're, you know, we're raising our kids, um, with a Jewish identity at the same time, a fairly secular Jewish identity. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, they also know, you know, that I have a lot of experience, you know, half of my family is Hindu. And so, but my father is not very religious. So I was more influenced by my mom and my mother's grandparents because my father's parents weren't alive. So I would take part in sort of Hindu traditions and with my cousins and stuff, but it wasn't so much in my own house. Um, Mm. So I just feel like those markers, like Passover's coming up next week um, and Hanukkah, we just use it to make sure the family gets together. It's really Mm -hmm. that. I often don't even go to temple or, you know, it's not really a religious experience is more of a make sure the family gets together and um there are just these times that on both sides of my family my husband's family we just all make sure to get together for these things and like it's non it's not negotiable and like everybody values it mm-hmm. and so yeah i love that even, i love that i love that something like dinner dinner is like mm-hmm. a big deal you know and so mm-hmm. it's really all about the food honestly <laughs> <laughs> i agree <laughs> I agree. It might, it's funny because like 
listening to you talk, it's very much like how my family was when I was younger. Like um, I, me and my sister would go to school. The expectation was that we, when we were home, we were sitting at a table together. We were eating, we were talking. And in the beginning, it's hard because like you, I guess maybe not as hard depending on the age, but like you're younger and you're in elementary, you don't mind talking. Like you're talking about everything for the most part. As you get older, it gets a little bit trickier because depending on your personality, um, if your parents are asking you questions, you may not want to share as much, may have had a bad day. You're just going through so much more. You're starting to identify anxiety and stress and all those things. So it makes it a little bit trickier. Um, but I value those times a lot because it's just you, 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 you miss them when they're gone, obviously. Um, yeah. And it happens so fast that kids often, I think, once they know and parents very much put an emphasis on why they do it, um, kids begin to understand. So I agree with you. I, I had those exact same experiences. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And it does stay with you forever. You know, I'm not I'm not one of those parents that's like great at like really scheduling all this time and like everybody mm -hmm. plays board games and does these organized crafts and like I can just mm -hmm. get really like overwhelmed by that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's a lot and um, a lot and just now you know with homeschooling and all of that I'm just like oh somebody else do this but you know mm -hmm. like let's come and after all the messy day let's um come together and like have dinner and maybe talk maybe not I don't know mm -hmm. it'll be what it'll be but just to kind of have that moment of coming together in like whatever way you are, you know, mm -hmm. trust me, we're not like having happy family dinners every <laughs> night. But we're having mm. dinner. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's it. Like there's no perfect family and everyone has their ups and downs. They have their, their laughs, their good times, their bad times, etc. Um, and I think once I found that with my family, at least once we knew that and we really identified it and we allowed ourselves to embrace it, it made things a lot easier for all of us because there was less pressure to, to try and be like the family down the street or the family that we saw on television. So it made our lives as kids, I think, a lot easier. Just knowing that my parents are very much real about the expectations they had for us, um, whether or not we were able to get that basketball or that toy in the store or we weren't able to get it because we needed food on the table or whatever the case may be again it definitely something i appreciated when i was when i was younger um was there anything that was like unexpected about being a parent i guess and this is probably more with your first because i think everyone always tells me it's hard with the first because you're not really sure what to do <laughs> um and then your second it gets right. a little bit easier yeah um it's funny I almost feel the opposite I feel like yes I was totally overwhelmed by becoming a parent and having a baby um but at the same time once I kind of in the first few months you know once she started sleeping a little more and I kind of got in my routine I had a nice like group of moms that we I met up with um I actually started writing a lot more because she would take these really long naps in the afternoon. I wasn't working. So I mm -hmm. actually started to feel like more creative and in control. And then I had my, my son um, like a little under two years after her. And then suddenly I almost felt like I had twins because they were just <laughs> both so young. Mm -hmm. and that was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Like, so it actually, 
felt much harder with the mm-hmm. second one. Um, there were no, they took different naps and they, you know, and I just was like, Oh my God. Okay. Now I need like some babysitting and some, I just can't manage mm-hmm. all of this on my own. Mm-hmm. And so that was really overwhelming to just, you know, be so multitasking everything, relentlessness of it. It still like gives me pause. <laughs> I'm somebody that needs a lot of alone time. I, you know, I'm definitely an introvert. I like people, but then I need you know, my cave and the parenting, just the 24 seven of it, 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 just mentally, even if you're not like always taking care of your kids, mm-hmm. you're kind of always thinking about them, worrying about them in some way. Yeah. Like it just never, never ends. it never ends. And then still, you know, I'm like, I have my parents, right? So I'm calling my mom on the phone, being like, Mom, I'm having do I do? this issue, you know? And it just never ends. It never uh-huh. ends. And that's like, oh my God, wow, it really it never ends. And you don't mm-hmm. obviously don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the most shocking thing. There's no break. <laughs> and it, I think it's one of those things people say when you, like, once you have the kid, you sign up for life. Like, it's one of those yeah. things for the most part. You can't think about that too far in advance it's kind of like mm-hmm. just one time one day at a time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so very last question i think this is more of like a i guess fun question so obviously you've been home how long have you been you, how long have you guys kind of been home now um, i think about are we on week three mm-hmm. we on week three yeah i think we're on week, week three, three. So I guess my I question so. is who's who's doing all the cooking? <laughs> <laughs> you don't share those duties? So to be very fair, I do the cooking and my husband cleans up. That's how we share it. So okay. um and then and my kids kinda help clean up. So I don't <laughs> like the meal, I'm done and the cleanup is somebody else's. My mm-hmm. husband usually cooks one one meal a week when I teach in the evenings mm-hmm. and then and you know I don't mind I'm a little controlling about that but um <laughs> yeah about like the cooking part and then but my kids make their own breakfasts and their own lunches so they oh, are totally nice. independent yeah I don't serve anybody breakfast sometimes <laughs> lunch you know maybe if my son wants to make something a little more complicated or whatever but he can totally mm-hmm. throw together things and microwave things and put things in toaster ovens and my daughter is like pretty good cook on her own so they're yeah they're on their own and then i just come down i make some dinner my husband cleans up oh, that's, so that's kind of how we so everyone's okay. yeah everyone's cooking really yeah i mean there are times where we're all like fighting each other in the kitchen <laughs> in the middle of the day I'm like how is this on a wednesday and we're all like in the kitchen <laughs> at noon being like no no i wanted to eat the rest of that salad you know, like it's really Crazy, I love it. It's it's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy, but I think it's one of those moments where, you, unfortunately, with so much going on and how it is tragic, a lot of people are also noticing how valuable that time is with family and how it's. Yeah. I guess oddly enough, you're you're, you're literally stuck with them <laughs> for for some time. So it's, I think very strange situation, but you can definitely pull some positive things out of it based on how you look at it, I think. Um, And it sounds like you guys are doing it, which is nice. 
it's, you know, every day has like the moments where I'm like, oh, we would have never had this moment, you know, and it's so sweet. And then the other moments where I'm like pulling my hair out and I'll be like, I'm never going to be alone again. And, you know, it just, it's both every day, every day. Yeah. And Vera and I thank you because I know that um, just as a parent, just from talking to people online and other teachers who have kids that it is um, regardless of how old they are it is 24 7 and i appreciate you spending time with me today it was it's always fun catching up with you it really is it's always fun thanks for having me gary it was really good to catch it up where can uh people find you they can find me at um mostly on my website, www.virahiranandani.com. And then I am on Twitter, at Vera Hira, and um, on Instagram, at Vera Writes. So those are my main places that I show up. I'm starting to put more stuff on YouTube even, you know, like just a little. I'll probably do some more, you know, because it's just the only way to reach people right now. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gotta keep it going. I'll have to check out your, what's your YouTube channel called? Do you have a channel? I don't have a channel officially. I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't even know <laughs> if I have a channel. I just have like a few more videos up there. <laughs> I'd love to, if it is open to the public, I'd love to, to look no, at it. No, it is, it is. You can search Beer and Nani and then a bunch of things come up. But I'm okay. like, is that my channel? I don't even know. <laughs> you are awesome. You are awesome, Beer. Thank you so much. This is so much fun.